This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Batman, Wonder Woman, The Avengers, Spider-Man, The Fantastic Four. When we think of superheroes, these are usually our go-to figures from popular culture. They are the universally recognized upholders of the law, tirelessly fighting crime by day and by night. They step in, often in the nick of time, to assist law enforcement when all hope appears lost. Whether the metropolis that our favorite superheroes fearlessly protect is real or fictional, the tales of their commitment to promoting justice and bringing evildoers to account are nothing more than escapism. Just the stuff of fantasy. Or are they? In recent years, a unique group of concerned citizens from around the world has drawn inspiration from the big screen and comic books alike. Many of these personas and alter egos set out to avenge the injustices that threaten us in the modern-day world. Their causes range from tackling broader systemic issues to combating social annoyances with a brand of irreverence and humor that can sometimes land them in serious hot water. Being a real-life superhero isn't easy, nor are these masked crusaders always perfect. But someone's got to do it. My name is Eric Crosby. Welcome to this episode of True. In the summer of 2010, one Seattle resident decided he'd had enough. After a good friend of his sustained permanent facial injuries as a result of an attack outside a local bar, the man himself was then a victim of a break-in when someone smashed the window of his car with a rock. No one who witnessed the break-in did anything to intervene. The property damage was inconvenient enough, but when the man's child later required stitches after he was cut with a shard of glass, the man decided it was time for action. He began to intervene in public confrontations as a good Samaritan, but it soon became clear that his work required a disguise, a veil of anonymity. The man decided to start with a ski mask. The simple disguise would allow him to continue to fight crime on the streets relatively undetected. To enhance his costume and further protect his privacy, the man decided to adopt a crime fighter persona. He became known as Phoenix Jones, and his Gotham City became the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle. The first villain the crime fighter caught was the guy who broke into his car. He didn't stop there. There have been some strange sightings this week linked to people with superpowers. Not literally, but people who think they have a superpower role in fighting crime, keeping communities safe. In fact, they also describe themselves as costumed activists. 
Phoenix Jones would conduct foot patrols, not only looking for lawbreakers and stepping in to break up fights, but also helping those who were down on their luck. Whether someone was in need of food or a car wouldn't start, Jones made it his mission to offer a helping hand. His costume was constantly evolving in order to keep up with the physical and logistical demands of his self-appointed superhero job. Jones took to wearing a distinctive black and gold protective rubber bodysuit over a layer of fire-retardant clothing. A bulletproof vest, which included comic book-type sculpted abs, tied the aesthetic together. His crime-fighting tool belt included a taser, pepper spray, a cell phone, a net gun, and a grappling hook. He also modified his vehicle slightly to allow him to print out email alerts sent to his superhero address when he was on the go. So when I walk into a neighborhood, criminals leave because they see the suit. I symbolize that the average person doesn't have to walk around and see bad things and do nothing. Phoenix Jones may have looked the part of a crime fighter, but he was not entirely indestructible. In early 2011, he tried to break up a fight between two men when both turned on him. One of the men kicked Jones in the face, breaking his nose. The other held him at gunpoint. He may have lost that fight, narrowly walking away with his life, but he was having some small wins. On more than one occasion, he successfully chased away car thieves, earning the gratitude of stunned motorists. From the right, this guy comes dashing in, just wearing this skin-tight, rubber, black and golden suit and starts chasing him away. People are saying, no way, dude, no way. They're like, oh, you were probably drunk. Jones was not alone in his crusade against crime. Throughout 2011, Phoenix Jones was the public face and fearless leader of Seattle's Rain City superhero movement. The group of around 10 real-life superheroes described themselves as a crime prevention brigade. The group included characters with identities such as The Mantis, Red Dragon, Green Reaper, Gemini, Catastrophe, and Thunder 88, to name a few. Phoenix Jones didn't shy away from the publicity the group was getting and embraced every opportunity to shine a spotlight on their various causes. However, while their popularity was growing on the streets, Seattle law enforcement was becoming less and less amused. Surprisingly, they were not thrilled having a group of masked vigilantes running around the city. They were also genuinely concerned at the potentially risky situations the self-styled superheroes were putting themselves in. Police officials strongly encouraged people, including the Super Friends, to notify law enforcement at the first sign of trouble and wait for them to take action. But everyone knows that racing into the line of fire when the odds are stacked against you is all in a day's work for a crime-fighting hero. However, being overconfident in one's abilities can often lead to defeat, and that's exactly what happened to Phoenix Jones. His brazen crime-fighting tactics would ultimately be his undoing. One night in October 2011, Jones saw a fight break out between two groups of people outside a nightclub in downtown Seattle. Charging into the apparent street brawl, Jones started indiscriminately pepper-spraying the crowd. Problem was, the crowd of people were outside dancing, not fighting as Jones thought. His poor judgment resulted in the crowd turning on him, with one woman in the group angrily beating him with her shoes. Seriously, 
that is no way for a superhero to go down. When police arrived, it was Jones that was arrested. He was charged with four counts of assault and released on bail after spending seven hours behind bars. A video of the altercation soon appeared on the internet, and understandably, the bizarre footage went viral. When the media picked up the story, it didn't take them long to unmask the street fighter vigilante known as Phoenix Jones. 31-year-old Benjamin Fodor had a very different origin story than what we might imagine for his alter ego, Phoenix Jones. One of five children born to parents of a criminal background, Fodor lived in a Texas orphanage until he was five years old. After a couple of years of living with his birth family, tragedy struck when his father was shot while attempting to rob a convenience store. Because his mother was behind bars at the time, Fodor was returned to the orphanage. He was adopted by a family from Seattle when he was nine and called the city home from then on. As he grew up, he began focusing his energy on mixed martial arts training, and his hard work eventually paid off. Within just three years, he had earned a black belt and went on to become a Taekwondo world champion. In 2006, he kicked off an amateur MMA career, winning more than 85% of his fights. The fighting skills Benjamin Fodor had developed motivated him to use his talents for the greater good. As for his day job, after graduating from high school, the do-gooder began working with autistic children. Long before donning the mask, there were lots of kids and their parents who already thought of him as a superhero. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Still facing criminal charges for pepper-spraying the crowd, in October 2011, the superhero arrived at the courthouse, this time dressed in a suit, but still wearing his trademark mask. He did, however, remove the mask for the duration of the hearing when asked by a courtroom deputy. Fortunately for Jones, the charges were dropped due to a lack of evidence. The judge made it perfectly clear that neither prosecutors nor the police department approved of his methods. They went on record saying, quote, He is no hero, just a deeply misguided individual. He has been warned that his actions put himself in danger, and this latest episode demonstrates that innocent bystanders can also be harmed. 
Our state's Good Samaritan statutes are designed to protect individuals who happen upon, rather than actively seek out, opportunities without expectation of compensation. Outside the courthouse following the proceedings, Jones, again wearing his mask, dramatically unveiled himself to the waiting press. I'm Phoenix Jones. I'm also Ben Fodor. Uh, I also protect the city. I also am a father. I also am a brother. You know, I'm just like uh, everyone else. The only difference is that um, I decided to make a difference and stop crime in my neighborhood and my area. I intend to keep making that difference. Jones was not deterred by his brush with the law. He continued to give interviews and claimed that even though police had initially been reluctant to accept his assistance, they now had a good working relationship. He made sure to contact law enforcement during his patrols to report anything suspicious. It wasn't long before things started to escalate again. Less than six months after the incident outside the nightclub, it was reported that Jones again became overly enthusiastic with his pepper spray, this time with a group of protesters. Later that same year, he was in the news again when he allegedly engaged in hand-to-hand -hand combat with an intoxicated man. What really made the headline stand out was that it all went down while a group of police officers stood by watching. In their defense though, how often do you get a front row seat to a superhero takedown? The negative media attention did not sit well with others in the Rain City superhero movement. Some claimed that Phoenix Jones was nothing more than a self-absorbed PR machine looking for his 15 minutes of fame. Unable to settle their tension, in May 2014, the crime-fighting group was officially disbanded. Jones wanted the city to know that he remained committed to protecting the streets, saying, quote, I will be patrolling solo. I want you to know, by doing this, I'm losing friends I have shared unforgettable moments with. But if I'm going to call myself a superhero, I must hold myself, and friends, to high standards. That September, the Seattle Police Department credited Jones with assisting in the arrest of three men for assault and unlawful possession of a firearm. Jones caught the trio pistol-whipping and kicking another man on the ground. After contacting police, he broke up the assault while managing to hold on to one of the suspects until law enforcement arrived on scene. By 2019, however, Phoenix Jones was getting tired. His dream of inspiring others to join his cause hadn't come to fruition the way he'd hoped. The ashes of the Rain City superheroes movement didn't help. Feeling disillusioned with what he perceived as his failure to stop the ever-increasing violence on his streets, Jones decided to hang up the mask and announced his retirement from the dark and gritty world of fighting crime. True to his word, he soon disappeared from the streets of Seattle. Instead of breaking up back-alley drug deals and stopping purse snatchers, the former superhero could now be found posting on social media, which is where his story should have ended happily ever after. It seems the retired crime fighter had seriously drifted into the wrong lane of the law. In January 2020, Benjamin Fodor was arrested for selling drugs to an undercover officer. He wasn't aware of it, but police had been investigating him after witnesses came forward alleging that he was dealing drugs. Hopefully, there's another comic book issue to write for this currently disgraced hero, who for years tried to help protect the streets of Seattle.
Where there are real-life superheroes, there will be real-life supervillains. In May 2012, while Phoenix Jones was trying to tackle lawlessness in Seattle, the city's first arch-nemesis revealed himself in dramatic fashion. In the first of several well-polished short videos distributed online, a character calling himself Rex Velvet proclaimed his intention to rid the world of superheroes. He threw down the proverbial gauntlet, not only to Phoenix Jones, but the entire Rain City superhero movement when he did the unthinkable. No, it wasn't hacking the global power grid or unleashing a doomsday device. Nothing that pedestrian. Oh no. What Rex Velvet had in mind was far more devious, far more destructive than anything their puny minds could ever conceive. What he had in store for them, they would never see coming. What was this diabolical plan, you ask? Well, he launched an online petition. <laughs> His call to action was for the immediate disbanding of the Seattle Super Friends. As terrifying as the threat may have been, it was hard to take the overly animated supervillain character seriously. To start with, his costume included a vaudeville-style mustache, eye patch, bow tie, waistcoat, bowler hat, and a tailored shirt. The interesting look was often completed with a pipe or a cane. If he was going for a Victorian hipster theme, he nailed it. Top it off with a cartoon villain voice, and you have, well, Rex Velvet. But who was this one-eyed evildoer? A quick look at his online profile says everything you need to know. The social media savvy baddie was all about keeping up with his online presence. In the About section of his Facebook page, Rex Velvet describes himself as, quote, a Seattle-based supervillain who greatly dislikes all superheroes. His profile goes on to say that he's also the head of a sinister worldwide organization called the Social Villains Alliance, whose goal it is to, quote, rid the earth of superheroes of all kinds by any means necessary. It was only a matter of time before things got serious. In one of his online videos, and using an over-the-top maniacal tone, he called out the fearless leader of the Rain City superheroes, Phoenix Jones. Quote, I will not back down from you, Jones, until this city is rid of you. I can recall a time when I could leave this lair and conduct my duties proudly and without distraction. But now he's out there, along with his silly gang of misfit Power Rangers disturbing the peace. Now our city is protected not by our once-respected police force, but by a tormented, delusional freak in a mask. The monologue continued. For far too long, we've watched as our nation buys into its tireless charade. And it's run its course. It's time to get real, Jones. The community would be better off without you. You must be stopped once and for all. <laughs> when Seattle radio station KIRO-FM reached out to Phoenix Jones for comment, he scoffed at the idea of Rex Velvet being a meaningful rival. Taunting his arch-nemesis, Jones told the station, quote, I looked him up. If he was a true supervillain, I would be more interested because at least I'd have something to do. Right now, it's like a war of social media, and I have better things to do with my time. So the question now was, who was going to blink first? 
So what is it about Phoenix Jones that got your dander up? Look at that nerd. Are you kidding me? He's a freak. He roams the streets. He claims to protect the innocent, and he claims to fight crime by pepper spraying people in the face, if I'm not incorrect. I say to you this. What kind of city has a superhero without a villain? That's right, and I believe that our city is the best. <laughs> so you're just doing your civic duty here. I love you, man. He's a good guy. He, he doesn't really want to do anything bad. I got it. I got it. Okay. He should do something bad. Curiously, in his monologuing, Rex Velvet never divulged exactly how he intended to bring about the downfall of Jones and the Rain City superheroes. But then again, a real evil genius would never reveal their plans. Rex Velvet's presence on the superhero scene primarily took the form of building a following on social media, as well as providing articulate, biting, and satirical commentary on the real-life superhero movement. When Phoenix Jones announced in 2014 that the Rain City superheroes were coming to an end, Rex Velvet took to social media to share his delight. Dear former Rain City superheroes, Oh, how your leader has abandoned you. Phoenix Jones bails on his friends and colleagues at the drop of a hat. Not that surprising to any of us. I'd be lying if I wasn't absolutely tickled about Mr. Jones's ego-loaded announcements to nix all members of a childish, failing subculture. As we at the Social Villains Alliance have been saying for years, hang up your capes, nerds. But just when you think you've figured out what makes Mr. V tick, he goes and hits you with a power punch to the heartstrings. Behind the theatrics, stylized videos, and social media posts, Rex Velvet is also known as Ryan Corey. He's a Seattle-based photographer and filmmaker, and despite his seemingly deranged exterior, the eyepatch-wearing supervillain he created is actually on the side of good. But don't tell his supervillain buddies. What would happen if they found out that the Master of Mayhem helped raise money for charities including the Make-A-Wish Foundation, MDA Muscle Walk, and Freedom Is Not Free? The performer was part of the 5,000th wish granted by the Make-A-Wish Foundation, where he helped to make a 12-year-old boy's dream of becoming a secret agent a reality. In this scenario, Rex Velvet was the criminal mastermind who abducted the Seattle Seahawks mascot, Blitz. The young secret agent was tasked with hunting down the villain and bringing him in. In the highly coordinated and sophisticated operation, the battle between good and evil culminated in an epic silly string fight where Rex Velvet was defeated. All in a day's work for a secret agent. Real-life superheroes are not always focused on the traditional concept of fighting crime as we know it. In 2012, in the city of Perth, Australia, one man had enough of what he considered to be the greatest insult a driver can receive. It had nothing to do with blaring horns or rude gestures, though. This origin story has little to do with the act of driving. It all started when the man parked his car in a public lot but missed a well-hidden sign explaining the parking restrictions. The restrictions, apparently, were taken seriously and swiftly enforced. Thinking nothing of his uneventful parking experience, the man locked the driver's side door and walked away. 
but he only made it a short distance when he looked back and saw a brightly painted object that would change the course of his life forever. He knew what it was immediately, but his mind was unable to process the information. The object was wrapped unnaturally around one of his tires, rendering his vehicle useless. Before he knew what was happening, he was handing over $135 to have it removed. If you don't know what I'm talking about yet, consider yourself fortunate. But if you're experiencing the same panic, fear, and anger as the subject of our story, then you already know that what he saw that day in the parking lot was the dreaded boot. The tire boot has many unflattering names, but its primary purpose is to immobilize an already stationary car. Used to enforce parking-related penalties, the tire boot, or wheel clamp, has ruined many a person's morning when they discover the heavy metal object attached to their vehicle's wheel hub. On that fateful day, the parking attendant had obviously spotted him as soon as he entered the parking trap. Instead of approaching the man to explain the parking rules, the ruthless attendant waited until the driver was just far enough away to make his move. With the fine paid and the tire boot removed, the man drove off, but his thoughts were still in the parking lot. The event left an emotional scar that cried out for justice. But instead of contacting management to dispute the supposed parking infraction, the man decided to take matters into his own hands. Not long after, the world was introduced to its newest superhero, Wheel Clamp Man. Battery-powered angle grinder in hand, Wheel Clamp Man's credo was simple and direct. Almost poetry, actually. Splashed across his Facebook page for the world to ponder, quote, No man has the right to clamp another man. Just in case he didn't stand out enough, Wheel Clamp Man sported a red cape, a green hard hat, colorful striped knee-high socks, and a black speedo. A red mask and fake mustache completed the subtle costume. For an incredibly visible outfit, Wheel Clamp Man did his best to hide when he changed inside his car. Once he transformed himself into his eye-catching alter ego, Wheel Clamp Man got down to business. As he approached car owners standing helplessly next to their crippled cars, he would ask for their approval before going to town on the tire boot with his power saw. When the media picked up the story and reached out to the superhero for comment, he declined to give his name because he was technically, maybe, perhaps, breaking the law a little bit. During the interview, he did explain his motivation and the reason for his outlandish disguise. I wear the costume because a lot of streets have CCTV. I always kept it with me so I could get changed in the car and jump out with my angle grinder. Depending on the clamp, it takes less than a minute. That's when my heart starts racing because you never know when a police patrol is around the corner. I'm taking an ethical stance. I'm helping people out. I don't feel I'm damaging property. The amount of money these companies make off of innocent people is insane. 
Where does the money go? Not into parking lots or safer streets. It goes into their pocket. Imagine, you're an old lady, you don't see the signs, you go to get your groceries and come back, and you've been clamped, and you have to pay hundreds of dollars. Law enforcement took a different view of his highly specific mission. Officials appealed to the public to report all sightings of Wheel Clamp Man, and not because they needed his help to save the city from imminent danger. Quite the opposite. West Australian police announced that they were looking for the mass crusader and planned to press charges for engaging in property damage and for the resulting loss of revenue. Unfortunately for the motorists of Perth, Wheel Clamp Man didn't stick around to continue serving the city. In September 2012, he posted photos on his Facebook page dressed in his customary green suit, but swapping out his hard hat, mask, and angle grinder for a pirate hat, eye patch, and sword. His location was tagged in the Philippines. The accompanying caption read, quote, Sorry, Perth. If anyone has had to pay a clamp fine in the past week, the heat was on my back, so I skipped the country to my pirate hideaway shack. The world had never seen such a specialized superhero before. But the mysterious crusader in the hard hat and speedos with a clamp to grind was never seen again. From the pages of comic books to the silver screen, superheroes have inspired and encouraged people for decades. And some, clearly, have been just a little more inspired than others. If only those people could fly, bend steel, or see through walls, or were billionaire philanthropist playboys, they might have their own comic book series. Maybe one day, they will. True is a production of Imperative Entertainment. This episode of True was researched and written by Gemma Harris. The executive producer is Jason Hoke of Imperative Entertainment. The cover art and design were created by Jenna Sullivan. True was created and is produced by me. As always, a huge thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.